tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus. A probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about heightened emotions in the first 90 days of sobriety, but this can really apply to whatever stage you're at. Big emotions and mood swings are very common, so in this episode, you'll learn how your emotions change when you stop drinking, how to manage this without turning to another self-destructive coping mechanism, and what to expect emotionally during withdrawal, early sobriety, and up to 90 days of sobriety. So let's dig in.
When we first stop drinking, it's very common to have heightened emotions. Even if you weren't actively drinking to cope, that's what you were doing by drinking all the time. We never allowed ourselves to really feel much of anything. And because of that, we are unequipped to deal with real life when we stop drinking. Every time we had an emotion, we controlled it with alcohol. Whether we were intending for that outcome or not, that's the result of drinking heavily. When we felt anything big, we brought down the intensity with alcohol. When we felt bored or sad, we manufactured fun and happiness by drinking. Your emotional maturity basically stops once you start drinking regularly and develop a problem. On top of this, the brain goes through a lot of changes in early sobriety that actually make our emotions even more heightened. A 2008 study published in Addictive Behaviors looked at emotion regulation in early abstinence for people with alcohol use disorder compared to social drinkers. People with AUD struggled with emotion regulation much more than the social drinkers, specifically with being aware of what their emotions are and controlling their impulses. And this we already know. We know that problem drinkers struggle more with emotions than social drinkers do. But the important part of this study is that after about a month, people with alcohol use disorder significantly improved their ability to be aware of what they were feeling and why they were feeling that way. But they still struggled with impulse control. So it's also really important to know that they were in treatment for about a month. So they were receiving therapy and attending groups. So with help and doing the work, they were able to improve their emotion regulation skills after a month. If you don't get support, then this process could take much longer. So I think most of us just expect to stop drinking and kind of feel the same. But you may feel out of control when you stop drinking. So I haven't told the sunglasses story in a long time on this podcast, but it's the perfect example of heightened emotions in the beginning. And if you don't know much about my story, then check out episode nine from chronic day ones to forever sobriety. And I will explain a lot of it. I quit drinking for 90 days to attempt to cure myself. And my emotions were a huge mess when I stopped drinking. I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. I was just doing it to try to drink again in the future. Your intention has a major impact on how unpleasant the beginning will be too. If you're just going to try to white knuckle it and say you don't need any support, then you're going to drag out the beginning. I was highly emotional and had mood swings for the first like 50 or so days. When I quit the second time, I did not have to suffer nearly as long. So anyway, I didn't plan out my 90 days. It just happened because I was very miserable and couldn't do it anymore. Well, it ended up being the worst time because my in-laws were coming to stay with us for my first sober weekend and my in-laws like to drink. All I did that weekend was sit around in different locations and watch people drink. Not a really good thing to do when you're not even a week sober. One of the mornings my in-laws were over, I broke my $10 five-year-old Target sunglasses. Now that's probably not shocking to anyone that my cheap old sunglasses from Target broke, but I flipped out. I lost it. I stomped around the house muttering to myself, are you freaking kidding me? And I'm sure I made everyone feel really uncomfortable because of this major outburst over something so small. And that's what early sobriety is like when you're maintaining the hope of moderating someday and you don't get any support because you're not like other people. 
So if that experience resonates with you, then get some support. It seriously makes it a lot easier. You can go to therapy, go to a meeting, whether that be AA or something else. And I do advise on doing more than just Facebook because I was that person just using sober Facebook groups and saying I had support. It helps, but it's really not enough. So in the beginning, our emotions are crazy and volatile, and we have no idea how to manage them. This makes it really easy to turn to using sugar, food, sex, exercise, or something else in an attempt to gain some control back. It's also really common to cry a lot in the beginning, so if you're going through any of this, it's totally normal. Withdrawal generally has three phases. Acute withdrawal for the first two weeks, the worst of which peaks around 48 to 72 hours. So I discussed this stage in detail in episode 38. Then early sobriety, which is two to eight weeks. And finally protracted abstinence, which is up to three months. So this is why everyone says that 90 days is such a big milestone and why a lot of people fall off around this time too. It's kind of like a transition period. So during acute withdrawal, the nervous system is overexcited, and this is the stage that delirium tremens, seizures, and the shakes can show up. If you've been drinking heavily and are afraid of withdrawing safely, please talk to your doctor or go to the emergency room. So withdrawal peaks at 72 hours, and then it should start to improve. And by two weeks sober, this stage should be over. This doesn't mean you're going to feel terrible for two weeks straight. But because the brain is overexcited, you may also experience heightened anxiety along with heightened emotions. Early sobriety, between two and eight weeks, is characterized by anxiety, low mood, and disrupted sleep. The extra anxiety is different for everyone, and some people won't experience this at all, but it should typically resolve after three to six weeks, and studies have found that anxiety sticks around longer for women than for men. This is because women are more susceptible to the harmful effects of alcohol than men are. In all phases, including protracted abstinence, people experience a shift in affective processing or the processing of feelings. In the first 90 days of sobriety, small, normally insignificant things cause huge negative feelings, cravings, and potentially relapse. You may be experiencing low mood or dysphoria or the absence of pleasure during this time, and that's totally normal too. Positive responses to pleasurable events are either much less than normal or are absent completely. So we have big negative mood shifts based on very minor experiences, and positive experiences may not make us feel good at all. All of this puts us at an increased risk for relapse, so this is why getting support is key. Some studies have found that sober people in the first three months have an increased startle response compared to healthy controls, so things just set us off a lot easier than they should. It's very easy to think, why me? This is too hard. I can't deal with this for 90 days, but think about how long you drank for. The number of years you drank, how often you drank, and your genetics will affect how difficult the first 90 days are. We drank for years, and our brain changed and adapted to all the alcohol. Then we just removed the alcohol and our brain has no idea what's going on. It learned that alcohol regulates our emotions, our anxiety, our depression, and our happiness. The brain wants us to drink again because it doesn't remember how to do these things for itself. 
During these 90 days, your brain is healing and learning how to take care of itself without alcohol. And you are also learning to self-soothe if you are doing the work and not white knuckling, which is something that we did not know how to do before, hence all the drinking. Several studies have found that we have an increased sensitivity to stress that shows up as an exaggerated anxiety or discomfort in result to a stressful event. And an exaggerated response to negative emotions and stress has been seen in MRI studies on the brains of patients. In episode 67, we talked about how our stress hormones get messed up by drinking, so go check that one out if you haven't yet. So it's a combination of hormone disruptions, alcohol-related, brain damage to our emotional centers, an exaggerated response in the brain to negative emotions, and having no knowledge on how to deal with anything. Anger is a common emotion to experience in the beginning because it's a secondary emotion. I talked a lot about anger in episode 40 if you want to learn more about what anger does to the body and why it happens. So anger is pain's bodyguard and it's easier for us to feel angry than it is for us to feel pain. In the beginning, I was filled with rage all the time and I had no idea why. Now I'm doing better at analyzing my experiences when something sets me off and makes me mad. And even though the anger doesn't go away, I can see the pain behind it and what hurt me. If you're experiencing heightened emotions in sobriety, then the best thing that you can do for yourself is to not try to hide them, make them go away, or ignore them. Let your feelings out. And that doesn't mean sit around and cry or yell at everybody, but if you're feeling a high energy emotion like anger, then go on a rage walk, rage clean your kitchen, go to the gym and lift the heaviest thing that you can find. And if you're feeling a low energy emotion like sadness, then you could cuddle a pet, watch a romantic comedy, play video games, talk to a friend, go to a meeting or take a nap. The more we try to hide, control, or change our feelings, the worse they get. And if you can learn to accept your feelings for what they are, allow them to be, and find an outlet for whatever energy state you are in, then the feeling can pass and you can move on. So heightened emotions are very normal in the beginning, and if you're not doing the work to try to learn how to deal with life in healthy ways, then your emotions may stay heightened for much much longer. In my experience, my emotions were really heightened for the first few months, and then I would still get triggered easily and still do now, but that's because I'm still learning to deal with stuff. So it's a little bit of a different experience. There are no more mood swings. And support definitely helps. Check out therapy, check out a meeting. And if you enjoy this podcast, could you please take a moment to rate and review? If you're on Apple, you can rate and review. If you're on Spotify, you can just rate now and leave me five stars. It helps out so much. And it also offsets any random three-star ratings that I might get that make me feel sad. So I appreciate you and I'll talk to you next week. It's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. 
Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.